0: Our next speaker is uh, Dr. Salman Bhatt, uh, who has a doctorate in biochemistry from Imperial College. He is the former London chair of Phosis, uh, the editor of Islam21C. And he's currently pursuing a legal challenge uh, against the UK government for calling him an extremist, no less, uh, in some good company here today. Uh, And I guess when I was thinking about Timothy Snyder's book and what Salman's going to speak about, uh, lesson four really stood out to me. And lesson four is take responsibility for the face of the world. And Snyder says, the symbols of today enable the reality of tomorrow. Notice the swastikas and the other signs of hate. Do not look away and do not get used to them. Remove them yourself and set an example for others to do so. And Saman's going to speak about uh, the rise of the far right and the way in which their rise has, has actually allowed for things such as structural Islamophobia. So. Perfectly in tune, please, Salman.
1: Okay. How long do I have? Okay. Peace be shaitan rahman rahim Alhamdulillah, والسلام على محمد As of this morning, I checked the Oxford Islamic, not Islamic, Oxford English Dictionary, not Islamic yet. <laughs> I checked the Oxford English Dictionary, and the word uh, stupider wasn't in it. I was looking because I was, I was looking for a word to describe what I believe is happening slowly to um, our human species uh, in the last few years or decades. Uh, i was asked to speak about the rise of the far right and i thought i'd do it from uh, an angle which i'm in, in particularly interested about right so and that is um you know when the internet went mainstream okay people were talking about how we're entering a different type of economy how people are going out of the uh, they already went out of the fields, uh, they went into the factories, and they were going out to the factories into the information economy. But some people disagreed vehemently with this. They said, we're not actually living in an information economy. Because uh, economics, by definition, is the study of how a society deals with its scarce resources. And anyone who knows the internet knows that if there's one thing that there's no scarcity of, it's information so these people and they make a very convincing argument they say that we don't actually live in an information economy but we live in an attention economy and this is intimately linked to the rise of trump and i hope hopefully in like 60 seconds to 2 minutes hopefully it will become clear why i don't want to lead you into this rabbit hole for too long you see The Internet is dominated by the algorithms of very few mega corporations. Google, Facebook, maybe Apple as well. And each of them are competing for a slice of your attention. You all know when you go to your phone to check something, you hear that characteristic, you know, notification bell which has, you know, years, if not decades, of uh, psychological studies gone into it, just to make the right type of bell, you know, to capture your attention and distract you from what you're doing. We all know that when we go onto our phones, sometimes we just forget why we even uh, picked up the phone in the first place, because you check this notification, that WhatsApp group, then this telegram, and then this email, and then so forth, Facebook, and by the time you know it you've spent half an hour forty minutes on your phone and this is by design social media organizations corporations they actually employ in- attention engineers who utilize hundreds of years worth of um, collective wisdom in psychology to keep our attention on that site these aren't evil people some of the greatest minds in programming in, in- Uh, in uh, software engineering and so forth are taken into this industry. Why? To keep, to increase that key statistic time spent on site. Why is that important? The techno-sociologist, that's a thing now, uh, Zainab Tufeki, a, a Turkish woman, I believe, she said that these artificial intelligence algorithms, which are by now thousands or millions of rows and columns, matrices, they're completely out of control. If uh, the creator looks at them to try and you know, rein them in, it's like uh, maybe a brain surgeon looking at uh, a brain scan. It's that complicated and complex now. What's the problem? So what? Some might say, what's this got to do with anything? One more study out of Stanford. A professor, Michael Kaczynski, he said uh, in his research, he took 10 Facebook likes, 10 pages that you like on Facebook uh, from uh, a large number of uh, participants. And he was able to, predict some aspects of that person's personality better than the average coworker, just by knowing 10 Facebook pages that you've clicked like on. By knowing 150 Facebook pages that you've liked, he was able to predict parts of your personality more than your own mother. And by knowing 300 Facebook pages that you like, he was able to predict even more uh, meticulously aspects of your personality better than the average spouse he said our smartphone is a vast psychological questionnaire that we are constantly filling out both consciously and unconsciously now ask yourself this question in a world where companies are competing for your and my attention and they're willing to do anything to get it. Not only that, they've outsourced this attention engineering to artificial intelligence algorithms, machine learning algorithms that are too complex beyond control now. In that type of world, where they, they're competing for your and my attention, where they have access to information about our most intimate personality traits, what type of world does that create? We all know the uh, scandal with Cambridge Analytica and the Trump campaign, and we all saw the, you know, the maybe some might say the rehearsed outrage at some people, um, you know, uh, showing uh, showing outrage. How can Cambridge Analytica be doing all of this targeted advertisement to? you know, uh, potential Trump voters based on psychological profiles. Not only that, they were specifically targeting areas with significant black and minority populations to give them tailored targeted messages to not go out and vote, to try and deactivate them and um, pacify them. We saw that artificial intelligence, these algorithms, algorithms are able to, make an artificial uh, reality around us as well. Max Stossel, who was a um, social media uh, expert, he did an experiment. He asked two friends, two different friends from two different backgrounds to Google the same thing. And Google is something that we all go to now, unfortunately. Anytime you want to know something, we just Google it. He asked them to write this question into Google. How many refugees committed crimes in Europe? For friend number one, it came up with all types of alarming statistics on the front page of Google for them. Right? This many percentage of Syrian refugees commit uh, crime in Germany. This many hundred thousands of refugees you know, uh, in, in this country, or that country, wreaking havoc. Daily Express, Fox News, that kind of stuff. Alarming, misleading statistics. Friend number two, however... Receive information from reputable <coughs> sources, uh, pure research, polls, uh, academic research, downplaying the statistical significance of the, 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 the dangerousness of uh, immigra- immigrants or refugees. Right? Now the thing is, both people put the same thing into the Google search algorithm. And both people, because of what Google knew about them, were given a completely different idea of reality. And in our day and age, in the information age, in the attention economy age, this is how many of us, not most of us, this is how our reality is built around us. The same happens with, you can say, with Brexit, with any, any political polarizing issue. Same input, different outputs. So, what we find is we're increasingly living in isolated, siloed realities from one another, from people living in the same street as us, uh, polarized, pro Brexit, anti Brexit, pro Trump, anti Trump. Not only that, just wrapping up, just five minutes left. (laughs) Just finishing now. Uh, I mentioned Zainab Tufeki. Right? Not only are we competing in this uh, attention economy, but there's something a bit more malicious that the artificial intelligence algorithms have done, which is which is which explains Trump as a phenomenon and Brexit. She went on YouTube to look for campaign videos of Trump, and eventually, you know that also watch. When you finish a YouTube video, also watch this. This is a proprietary algorithm from Google. Okay, nobody knows uh, what goes into it. Eventually, she kept clicking those, and she ended up at far-right uh, far right white supremacist videos. She started off on a different type of video, pro-Bernie Sanders, and she ended up at wacky left-wing conspiracy theorist videos. She watched a video about vegetarianism, and she ended up at a video about veganism. As though YouTube, uh, you're not extreme enough for YouTube. You're not hardcore enough. So, this, I think, from my particular angle, I think it's something that we're interested in, this polarization, you know, this is something that we, we have to be very careful of. And um, inshallah, Brother Rabani will give us some practical uh, tips on how to, you know, go from here. Inshallah. zak Sorry for going over time.
0: Zachalachir um, Salman. I mean, in, in light of Salman's uh, talk, I would definitely recommend uh, a book called "Algorithms of Oppression" by uh, Professor Safia Noble, where she details exactly how uh, algorithms within um, the internet, especially, they reinforce structural racism. So, just one example that she gives is that if you if you type in "unprofessional hair" into uh, into your Google search into Google Images, what you'll find is lots of pictures of black women with perfectly uh, well-groomed Afro uh, hair, but it's considered unprofessional to have that. So there's a lot of fascinating research in that, but it also shows you how, you know, so much of the world that we live in is constructed by certain notions of what it is to, to be a citizen in the world, what it means to be an OK citizen, a, a, a human being in the world. And unfortunately, that world doesn't include people who often look like us. Um, so it's important that we understand not only what happens against us as Muslims, but what's happening to other communities as well. Uh, and you know, in that vein, I wanted to introduce our next speaker, uh, who is Dr. Uthman Latif, uh, who has a doctorate uh, which specializes.